0: Louis in Maine. I hear he's a champion beer pong player. Justin Pelletier for the Boston Herald joins us. Is that true? Champion on that? Champion on the on the beer pong?
1: Not this year, but in, in, in past year, yes. In, in, in uh, <laughs> what I like, consider past life.
0: All right. Okay. Just wanted to double check. Who who won it this year? Though, like, did anyone like did, was that is that a thing this year? Have you had the? It
1: was a thing this year. We actually we actually had the twelfth annual this year. It was, it was impressive. All right. We were able to pull it together. We were able to pull it together one last time at the old homestead.
2: <laughs> oh, <great. laughs>
0: one last time. Everybody's doing their one last times this year. It's pretty. It's pretty crazy.
1: <laughs> I we're, we're all getting older, Matty. That's the way it works.
0: Yeah. No. I, I totally agree. Um. So, first things first. Here, Red Sox back in action tonight. Second half for them may be a little tougher than the first half, uh, depending on who they play. But yet, then again, at the same time, how many games do they have left against the Orioles, who don't have Manny Machado anymore? Um, I don't think we can really forecast ahead on these things, but can we expect them to be as good in the second half as they were in the first?
1: I don't, I don't see the record being as gaudy um, in terms of percentage in the second half, and I think it's because, first of all, they're going to be an absolute target for everybody, no matter who they're playing. Um, No matter, you know, these teams will find a reason to play hard against the Red Sox. You know, just because it's the Red Sox in in the first place. You know, every team likes to have that idea of playing spoiler. But then again, you look at the schedule. You know, they're playing the Cleveland. They're playing the Yankees three more times. You know, they're playing they have the Astros again. You know, you're going to see teams, and then and then you're still going to have
0: Cleveland for
1: seven. Right, exactly, and there's another one. So. You know, the the teams that you're gonna see, I think you're a lot more if the way they need to look at it is this. They need to go five hundred or better, preferably better, against the teams that are considered to be about their equal. And they need to try as hard as they can to lay waste to everybody else. Because that's how they're gonna maintain this lead.
0: Talking with Justin Pelletier, he's the sports editor of Boston. And of course, uh, got the uh, got the news today. Of course, we're we're all watching the prospects and the trades and and all that fun stuff. Who gets traded? And Michael Chavis is somebody who might be on the roster for the Orioles if the if the Red Sox are going to get Zach Britton. You know, we had Seth Everett on earlier, and we were talking. And um, I also listened to a podcast yesterday uh, that uh, Phillies manager, former Red Sox player Gabe Kapler was on, and they asked Gabe Kapler if if he was comfortable. Uh, going to the uh, going to the reliever starting, and um, he he said that you know his team wasn't equipped for that right now, but he could see uh, teams going towards that in the future. And and Seth Everett said you know there might be onto something here. You might see more and more and more of that. And then you look around at the deadline, and you look at the lack of starting pitching, um, and 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 available and impact starting pitching that's available right now. And it's very possible that, you know, both, you know, I don't think the Red Sox are in the market for a starter so much. The Yankees are. And the Yankees have the assets to go out and acquire one. I still think they're going to end up acquiring more bullpen help because it's going to be more readily available at this point and probably for less of the cost of prospects than it would be to to find that that premium prospect. Is this going to be another generation of change, you know, from just having three-man staffs to four-man staffs to five-man staffs? And now is it basically just going to be, are we just going to start having, you know, 15-man bullpens?
1: <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it's going to go that far. But the other thing to remember too in this market is is everybody's in. A, in we kind of hit the perfect storm of where everybody's contracts are. Okay, because as longer term deals for the for the top name pitchers become more the norm,
0: you know now you're in that
1: spot where some of these guys are 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 on deals that some teams are thinking, well, okay, normally we might have sold, but since we've got these guys for six more years we got to think about where we're going to be in four and five years, and instead of offloading for bootload prospects, let's keep this guy around for that fifth year, for that sixth year, and see where we're at there. Now, injuries, of course, being what they are, you never really know for sure. But, you know, how about two years ago when Seattle was absolutely wretched, and they didn't offload Felix Hernandez, right? They could have. Yeah. They could have gotten a boatload for him, but they didn't. And now where are they with him? They are challenging in the West. And they have him. He hasn't been Felix the of old, but he still have a useful piece out of the, out of the front end. And that's a big example of, of, you know, they were patient. They hung on to him instead of traded him, and now he's a big piece of what they're trying to do this year.
0: Talking with Justin Pelletier, Sports Editor of the Boston Herald. Wing looked like he had a question, but then he starts adjusting. No, I was so
2: intently listening.
0: You're intently listening. Do you have any Bruins questions? I feel like you could, <laughs> you two could talk Bruins for about we four could. days. We could. It's so not quite the season we, we for could, it. But,
1: but the, the problem, the problem with that right now is that they're in hibernation still. They're doing Boy, nothing. They sure are. A couple, of, a couple, of, a couple of the guys ahead of the ahead of the trip to China. Apparently, a couple of them went over early. You saw the pictures. I don't know if you saw the pictures. Yes. This week of Tory Krug and a couple others uh, scaling the Great Wall of China and. And having some fun, and, and that's kind of what the offseason is for. That's what this kind of this time of the year is for for those hockey guys is kind of decompress, especially teams that go deeper into the playoffs. Now, not everybody decompresses like Alexander can decompressed. Um, I, I think he didn't decompress as much as he completely exploded. Um, but 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 beyond that, I mean, this is the kind of, this is the kind of time where uh, no news is good news, and, and uh, you know, the Bruins may not have made the moves that say Toronto did. Or, or Tampa tried to do, you know, or Tampa did. Um, but at the same time, I don't think they're done either. I think you're still going to see something happen as we get closer to, uh, closer to that China trip and closer to the, uh, the start of training camp. But, again, this is the time of year. You're not going to hear much coming out of there.
2: Well, I think, you know, they're probably not going to do anything with Rick Nash. Sounds like he's not sure if he wants to play, and that's probably just as well.
1: I have a feeling he's done. I have a feeling, just, just a, a hunch, and I don't know anything about this at all. But it just from the way he's talking, he's really kind of taken stock in his, in his you know, life goals beyond hockey and realized he might be best not to chance much more.
2: And I think, you know, they made a real commitment back along to go with the young kids and see right. where it brings you. And I know we were disappointed when it looked like they were going to go a long ways in the playoffs, I think we'd forgotten they're still pretty young. Right. They're going to be a year older. I think uh, Bjork may get back because he was injured all uh, most of last year. I still think they've got some kids in the pipeline that will help them. And they may be missing that one big guy. They, they keep talking about maybe trading Krug for a, a top four defenseman. I don't know if that's going to happen, especially with the salary cap the way it is. But I I'm still pretty... Pretty hopeful for the year, even though they haven't done much. I really am.
1: Yeah, I, and you know, and it's not misguided to think that way. I don't. I don't think that's uh, that's out of the realm of possibility. Um, but I also think they're a key injury or two away. I think mean, most teams are that way, also.
2: Yeah. But the,
1: the depth of profe- of top professional talent isn't there as much as they'd like it to be. And I think that's what they're going to have to address. Uh, uh, is but again, you talk about the defensive side of things. I, I like I said the last time I was on with you, folks. I think, by the time before, maybe. Um, I think John Moore is a sneaky good acquisition for them. I think mean, that's going to turn out to be a very, very good acquisition for them.
2: Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I still think they they don't know quite what to do with Krejci. You know, he could very well, they could very well trade him. Uh, I'm not sure what the upgrade in that looks like financially, because, you know, Krejci's contract isn't outrageous. It's not great, but it's not outrageous, and... Are they going to get a talent back that that will be in the same financial bracket? Not sure of that.
1: Well, that's and that's a tough one too. You know, you've got you, there and they're, and their core the, the, the guys you consider really their core, but the Bergeron, Marchand, Krejci uh, crew, right? And and to some degree, Chara, I, I suppose. That's an aging core. It, it's hard for me to say that. You know, we 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 were less than a year away from possibly watching Bergeron play against the Maniacs and most, We watched Watch Marchand play against the Maniacs in and yeah. and we watched uh, Krejci for one year play against the Maniacs in Lewiston. So we, we've seen these guys, but I keep thinking about it, and it. It makes me feel really old to say this, but that was 15 years ago.
2: I know it seems like Briseyron's been around they, forever. They
1: it 15 <laughs> years ago, so it's so right. They, because they because they ascended to the NHL so early, you know, you forget that they're um, that they, they've been in the league for 15 years. Some of them are, you know, Martin a little less, but the other two, 15 years almost now.
0: Yeah, it's
2: crazy.
0: Yes, it is. It's list Daily from Spectrum Health Partners Studios across the NBA Radio Network. You know, we go from talking about hockey to a guy that plays like a hockey player, Marcus Smart, resigned four years, fifty-two million dollars. Celtics bidding against themselves. They told Wayne, uh, "This is good goodwill for the Celtics, especially after last year's thing with uh, with Isaiah Thomas." Uh, kind of shows the shows folks that yeah, you know, when people work for us and, and do their role in the league, we're, we're willing to pay them and. I think this is a. I think this is a good sign for the, the long term health and the and the long term, uh, the long term here uh, for the Celtics. And at the very least, the short term, because I think you need a player like Marcus Smart if you're going to beat a team like the Warriors in the finals.
1: I 100 percent agree. Now, the, there's two very brilliant pieces of this. Is that they were three really? You needed a player like that. He wasn't going to be good for a rebuilding team. He wasn't. Gonna, he wasn't worth anything teams that didn't have a shot at a title. He's the complementary style player you need to try and go and win a title. So he wasn't going to draw the interest from probably three quarters of the NBA teams right now, because none of them have fancy are fancying themselves as title contenders. So his his market was limited, and I think well the way they played it was very smart, pun intended. Yeah, uh, the way they the, the way they played it was intelligent because <laughs> Danny Ainge knew that ultimately his team was going to be the only team that was going to give him what
0: even near what he wanted. Even though
1: Marcus Smart and his agent thought he might get more elsewhere, they even tried, you know, some of these unnamed sources and stuff. You know, that was from Smart's camp somehow. You know, trying to drum up the, the interest from the, you know, Sacramento or whether it was New Orleans or wherever, wherever you heard rumblings, right? And what that was trying to do was drive his market up. And, and to his credit, Danny Ainge didn't bite at that and panic. And he just sat back and said, look, We can match anything you get, but we don't think you're going to get anything better than what we offered you last time. So what he's sitting back thinking is, yeah, we'll we'll tend to the qualifying offer, and then when he realizes that his market is not where he thinks it is, then we'll go back and offer him the exact same deal we offered him last fall, and he will take it. And that's exactly what happened. This is the exact same deal that was offered last fall. (laughs) And he took it, and now the other brilliant piece of this is it's a very tradable contract. It's not overpayment for what he is. It's a four-year deal. So whoever would trade for him, let's say he's part of a package deal at the end of next year or the year after that, gets a player with two or three years left at a bargain price for what he brings. That's a very tradable contract. I think that's another big piece of that deal.
0: It also allows you to take him... Let's say you get him and Jalen Brown. Somebody wants Jalen Brown, but you know you're the New Orleans Pelicans, and you want to, and you're up for trading Anthony Davis. Well, you're probably going to want Smart and Brown uh, in return. Right. Those salaries will actually add up without having to do. Uh, I think I touched on this yesterday, like the Kevin Garnett deal, um, where you had to trade eight players for Kevin Garnett. I mean, this right. is an exciting time right now. It's amazing. This is, you know, this is I'd say the third year in a row, that we've been talking about the Celtics offseason and looking forward to their season while the Red Sox are still in full swing. I, I, don't, I don't recall this in the four years previous. I remember well, don't, maybe don't in forget, 2008, forget, but, Maddie, remember, you know.
1: Don't, don't forget, Matt, you remember, baseball is baseball is on a downturn, right? Nobody cares about baseball. Right,
0: anymore, right? yeah, except for the – isn't,
1: isn't that the hot-button topic now? So, of course, everybody cares about the Celtics because nobody cares about baseball. i <laughs> a bunch of hard log wash, but, you know. <laughs> Just, a, just, a, just to be sarcastic about it, but, you know, I mean, it's, but look, we, and, and uh, columnist Steve Buckley and I were talking about this the other day. The NFL, certainly, and the NBA now is starting to do the same, they have they have been brilliant in turning themselves into year-round entities. right you look at the NFL, you have your season. Your, your, your preseason starts in July, okay? Your season runs through... February. Then you have the hype up to the draft. Then you have OTAs. <laughs> and you have all this stuff. Every month has something for the NFL. And the NBA is starting to get there as well. The season already lasts into June. Preseason starts in September. Or then you now all of a sudden have to build up to the draft. Then you have Summer League. Right, And that takes you, the only dead month right now the NBA kind of has is August, and I'm sure they're going to come up with something over the next couple of years. To
0: make oh, and, relevant and, <coughs> years. and P.S., Kyrie Irving got traded in August last year during the dead right. period. Right. So you know that things can happen at any time.
1: You know, the, the only sport that seems, and this is, this is on Gary Bettman, the only sport that hasn't figured it out is, is hockey. Hockey is not relevant 12 months out of the year. Some would argue even during season they're not relevant in some markets, and fair enough, but the reality is, this is one thing that the NFL, for sure, the NBA has gotten there. And MLB, the season's so darn long, it doesn't matter anyway. They're already going to be talked about all the time. But even then, building the hot stove stuff, and embracing that talk, and embracing the offseason and the, and, the, and the different meetings, the timing of all the meetings, and the GM meetings and the owners meetings, they've all mastered the ability to keep people talking about them 12
0: months out of the year. Tying with Justin Pelletier, he's the sports editor of the Boston Herald. We're not far away from Patriots stuff firing up, too, you know, outside of following what Brady and Gronk have been doing all offseason.
1: Oh, uh, we're, I mean, we're already into it. Um, uh, our, uh, our new Patriots writer, Kevin Duffy, he is at a camp today in Worcester uh, where a, a few of the, uh, the Patriots are. Uh, it, was, it was originally going to be a Julian Edelman camp, Um or uh, that's, that's how this coming weekend. But there was originally going to be a Julian Edelman camp. Um, and, uh, of course, that changed, um, and they will be sending other players in instead. But he's also at another camp today. There's, there's, you know, as the players filter back into the area, they're, they're doing camps with youth programs and that sort of thing. So they're all kicking around. Of course, Edelman, this morning, has been reported he will not further repeal his suspension, so he will now accept the four games and, and call it good. Um, that kind of weaseled out this morning. Uh, Going forward, you know, we took a look this morning's editions. took a look at Super Bowl losing teams from the Super Bowl and how they've fared, spoiler alert, not good, over the past several years, with the exception being the Patriots when they've lost. They seem to have come back pretty well, not phenomenally, but pretty well. And so how do they avoid that? You're starting to look into, we've got a, a big spread coming out on Monday, um, which is it, really fun and it's really interesting, and I really hope everybody checks it out. It's you know, looking at the the top ten most indispensable players to the Patriots, not named Tom Brady. So, if tomorrow player X goes down with an injury for the season, how does that impact the Patriots? And so our two Patriots beat writers, Karen Griezen and, and Kevin Duffy, each listed their top ten, and they're very different. They have very different takes on what's indispensable to the Patriots, and, and it's going to be kind of interesting to see. And spoiler alert, they both have a different number one. So have your mind too on that a little bit as to who's the most indispensable Patriot beyond Tom Brady. And uh, that that comes out on Monday. That'll be really interesting to to read through and, and, and see.
0: Justin Pelletier is the sports editor of the Boston Herald. He joins us each Friday here on the beless daily from the spectrum Healthcare Partner studios all right my friend I'll let you get started on your whatever you're doing this weekend whether you're staying there or <laughs> weekending whatever your call is man go go get started on it
1: uh, let, let's let, let's just say it involves Fenway park and it does not involve the red spot
0: all right well good luck here with that go. have fun and let me know how that all works out for you okay have fun. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Certainly will. Take it easy, guys. All take right, care. see you
0: later. That's Justin Pelletier. He's the sports editor for the Boston Herald. He joins us every Friday here on the Bealus Daily from the Spectrum Healthcare Partner Studios. We're going to take a quick commercial break. Then we're going to come back and finish up our interview.